Welcome to the MCO Advisors Podcast. In this episode, Ryan and Corey discuss the benefits of constructive criticism from your peers and how you can generate effective content from the conversations you have with them. All right. How is it going? Happy Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving, almost. Yeah. Um, so whenever I'm trying to do Instagram, the ongoing Instagram story, it only tells me that I'm not live when I actually do it. I, I'm pretty sure I'm doing it exactly the same time every time now, but it seems to be working. Yet last night it worked perfectly, so I was excited. Um, but anyway, uh, today we're going to be talking about judgment from your peers and to be too hokey, too, uh, I don't know what to call it, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a real issue and something that when we talk to a lot of advisors, it's something that pops up the most. So I want to kind of talk about what it's like while you're trying to brand when, whether it's a boss that you have that's 30 years older, 20 years older, it doesn't understand, you know, your social media presence, or you have further people in the office and they laugh at your videos. You know, I want to talk about a few of these things. So, um, yeah, let's get We're, into it, Corey. You're breaking up a little bit, so um, we'll just monitor that. And if we have to, we'll pull you out of here and um, get you straightened out. But um, yeah. I think the judgment from your peers is a big one. I was excited to see you bring that up as a potential topic because I think that holds a lot of people back, to be honest. Um, Absolutely. I, yeah, I'd love to know where it comes from in the frame of mind of an advisor. Uh, and, and how advisors handle that and whether it's judgment from their peers or just being scared to be out there because they haven't been. I think one of the things that I still see so often, like so often, is this hesitation to be active on social media or, you know, social media, LinkedIn specifically. I, I just see such a hesitation on it. I agree. And I would think that the judgment from your peers come from... Um, but think of like if you're in a big office, you're one of the only ones. Right. Right. I'm going to pull you out of here and, and reset you. You're jamming up. Let's see if we can get him straightened out. Um, I, I do. I, I just see so often this this uh, hesitation to, to be active. Better. And are you better? Are you good? Uh, it's It seems fine for me. You're the one seeing me, um, I think kicking and out. So let me know how it goes. And I think it's because we have, I think because we have Kristen here, like we did last time. The other thing is for settings, I think it gets stuck at 1080p. So it's at the higher level. And I think that makes it harder. I'm going to drop it down to 720 um, eventually. So can you see me okay and hear me okay? Yeah, you sound a little jumpy here and there, but we'll we'll roll with it. So you were talking about, I, I positioned that I think um, advisors have a hesitation to be out there. And then you started to, to respond to that. Yeah, I think that I think the two biggest things that I see besides everybody when you're virtual, I think it feels like you're on the same office. And I think that's the issue is that even if somebody's in, you know, if you're in Baltimore and somebody else is in Atlanta and you share a video, you could still kind of get made front of from far away. I think the so the peer uh I guess the peer view or the peer pressure that comes from people um can can travel. But I think more so when people are in offices and it's a big office full of 10 advisors it's hard for somebody to stand out or do something different because you got to go in every Monday. And sometimes people are wondering what you're doing or what kind of message you're pushing, or maybe the message doesn't align with the office. And that's when it gets really difficult. 
So, um, yeah. That's a big one. I remember, uh, you know, in the corporate office when we would try to get creative with certain senior senior people at the office and pull them into a conference room or set up some studio kind of lights to start to film and create content with them, their peers, other C-suite members would poke in and make those little ribby comments. And while they were jokes, I think you could tell that the person who we were trying to get the content out of it affected them a little bit, right? Because it's like, oh, you know, big guy jumping on the camera again today. If he spent more time in front of his computer, those kind of little comments of, and I don't know if it was out of jealousy or just pure ribbing and, and razzing, but it did affect the performance of the peer who we were about to film and, and try to get in a comfortable state to, to film. And I, I just remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that, you know, if there's a, it can be difficult if you're a younger advisor. So another situation I've heard is a younger advisor who has, maybe they're taking over a book of business or you're, you're kind of meshing and that can be really difficult too. When you, when there's a company culture, it can feel weird to fight against that. But sometimes I think it could feel almost faceless. You just go against your boss or your manager or something. So it, it comes close, but it's not as close to home when you have two personalities bouncing off of each other. When you guys don't agree, it makes it really difficult because it only goes one way, right? The conversation goes here and then it kind of ends rather than ping-ponging because somebody doesn't agree. So it's 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 tough um, to, to be in that situation. And uh, what I'll, I have some advice for people, you know, rather than just talking about it like it's a real issue, everybody knows it's an issue. So we resonated. Um, you know, I want to give some real advice, but why don't you go ahead, Corey, and give some comments on whatever you're going to say. I just think at the end of the day, like... And I don't mean to be super like up in the clouds here, but this opportunity, all the opportunities we have in front of us will come and go and they will fade. They will have their popularity, they'll have their moments, and then they will decline. And if we don't take advantage of them, we will regret not taking advantage of them. And the second part of that is like, wouldn't you rather your career be successful or a failure based on you and, and basically you die on your own sword? Like I did it. I gave it my all. I was who I am. I put out who I am into the world and and if the world didn't like it, they didn't like it, but at least I was me. My fear is that people hold back from that and then they might fail anyways or look back and say, I could have been more successful if, and that's the stuff that drives me nuts because I want, we, we all want to hear from you and who you are and we don't want you to be pandering to what you think the system wants you to be. And it's and and the hardest thing that I could say to somebody who is in a specific situation of of not knowing what to do is you have to figure out obviously that bubble you have to figure out that office I think when you're in a in a in a corporation type deal you should do your best to block it out deal with the people around you and not so much care about peers in that situation but if you have one person you're working with then you have to get on some type of same page and it's hard for for us especially when we're always talking about marketing to tell advisors to market when you're so some of you are so constricted. But it's also like, do you leave your do you leave your home base, you know, where you've been for so many years and take somewhere else where you have the freedom to actually compete with people, and actually use social media for what it's for. And I think it comes down to who you are as a person and how you'd actually use it if that flexibility means anything to you, because there's guys on here who have uh, who've, you know, extremely increase their book of business. And then there's people who will spend, um, you know, an exuberant amount of time on social media and have trouble figuring it out and trickle in a client here, they are getting on it all, you know, and then to, to move from one place to the other just for that is tough. So it's a really big business decision, but I think it's more of a life decision where you, 
it's hard to operate if you feel constricted every day and you feel like you're fighting against the mental aspect of your job already. So I would say if you found your home base and you're comfortable there, but where where I would take it to the next level is to figure out, you know, what makes me happy? Would I be able to take a little bit of a pay cut with a chance to grow online, to be able to do videos, to be able to experience TikTok and things like that? It, it just really depends on who you are and how much you believe in marketing. Yeah. And I just think that where we're at as a society, like in terms of um, the exposure we all have, you can only play the game behind the curtain for so long. Like if you don't show your personality at some point, you're just vulnerable to whatever entity or brand that you fall under. And I, I really fear that for people because I think I posted something the other day and I just, I believe in it. Like there's a handful of people that we will all work with regardless of where they work. And that's you, you people listening. And, and, and that's our audience. Like, we build a community to, and we build your brand to make you not vulnerable to the brand you work under. Rather, you're in charge, and wherever you go, your audience will follow you. And and that's just something that it's easier said than done. But it it does drive me nuts when I when you brought this topic up. I could talk about this all day long. And then it comes down to obviously, like money is a big issue. And I think something that I've been talking about recently, if it sounds businessy, is delegating because it's something that we've been doing is trying to hand off the things that are taking up all of our time and really my mental energy from thinking about heavyweight things that I think the business should be doing rather than the mundane things, such as like if I could tell you how long it took me to get those videos on my stories, like because I have to. I put it in the iMovie, which I don't think is the right thing. It always brings it in the frame. Then I have to put it back on my phone so I can crop it just because I don't know what I'm doing. And it's just like, I shouldn't be doing stuff like that. You know what I mean? I want it to be there and I'll spend time. But I think that's another thing where you should just kind of be be handing things off. Um, I think delegation, you've started to really scratch the surface on this. I think that is the uh, next chapter to taking to for advisors taking the next step in their business. I really do because fiddling around with programs that you have no business fiddling around with is just a waste of time. And it depends on the person and obviously your money. And sometimes people say, well, I can't do that. But hiring a marketing team may mean somebody for 15, 20, $25 an hour, depending on experience and, you know, level of talent and, um, whether they just, you know, want to work with you and just a lot of things obviously come into it. So there's a lot of things. So before I get into delegation, though, I feel like we're going to jump into another episode. I want to stick yeah. with the, the judgment from your peers, because I think that everybody is is thinking too much about how their content is going to play out when the people who are going to be judging you I think in the open are not the people you're even really talking to. You know, you're not working with your peers. Like you're not, you're not, um, you're competing with them. So having them in there, having them in your ear and saying you're not doing something right or whatever is not, is not even an issue. You know, your, your message is continuously just supposed to provide the value that you, of the person you actually want to talk to. So I think that get, getting over that, the judgment from your peers, um, is, is something that it shouldn't even be an issue or can't be an issue. It's a mental switch that has to turn on or it's going to be something you're constantly fighting against forever. And that's, I really believe that. And the more I thought about sprinkling around that issue or being soft around it, I realize if your meetings, there's, there's somebody who will try something and say, how good is this? And there's somebody who will question it and say, should I do this? And you have to be the first person. If you're, if you're questioning everything you're doing, it's just slowing you down. And that's three videos you could have put out instead of one 
because you are constantly wondering how somebody will perceive it in a sense of you being just insecure. You know, if you if you know what you're saying and you have value, share it as much as you can. Let's be frank here. And, and you've brought this up before and it's just the truth. Whether it's video, social media posts, emails, whatever you're doing, the first time you do any of it, it sucks and it looks like crap. And the second time, it still looks like crap, but it looks a little better. And the third time, a little better. Like, go back to the beginning of everyone's feed, everyone's content, everyone's YouTube channel, all the videos, all the podcasts, everything. The first episodes are terrible. And that's okay, but we have to start somewhere. And so the people judging you are the people who are jealous that you stepped out or are feeling having a moment of their own insecurity to even give you a hard time in the first place. So I, I think, you know, everyone knows this stuff. I don't have to repeat it, but letting someone's judgment get in the way of you creating content and building a business that you're proud of uh, is, is just going to be a terrible regret for you in the long run. I agree. Um, and I, and I, and I think the two different issues is, is that where you just mentally have to kind of get over that thing. The second issue that I was talking about before the second situation that I was bringing up was when you have a one-on-one -on -one. dealing with that and being on the same page is something that you have to figure out. And then you have to time. How long does it take? I remember we had a conversation with somebody that says I'm getting, I'm tra transitioning into the book of business over the next three years, pretty much lets me do whatever I want. Doesn't necessarily agree with social media. And to me, that just means you need to really start feeling comfortable with taking control of social media if he's given you those reins and just running with it. Don't bother him. Say, don't tell him to do any videos, but you start controlling that. You put in the work and put in the money if, if that's the case. But if you have somebody who's holding you back. Hang on. Let's pause with that one. Hang on. Hang yeah. on. Let's pause with that one. That's a really good example. So in that situation, literally, my advice would be to have a very upfront conversation like, look, I get it. You're, you don't have to be focused on this. I will be focused on it. I just want you to know that I'm going to run with it and I'm not going to, you know, we're not going to have this checking back and forth. I'm just like, be very upfront about you're going to own it and then own it and don't bring that other person who doesn't want to be involved in it anyways, back into it consistently. Don't ask them, just do what you know is right and then go and don't ask permission again. But anyway, Exactly. Because you're not trying to add work to their plate. And the idea is like, hey, look, we're not getting clients from social media anyway, because we're not doing it. So why don't you just let me do it? And then we'll mm -hmm. see where it goes. And then you just and then you just take over and do whatever you want deal with your compliance department, do all that stuff. Um, I know it still gets harder because maybe you're maybe you're still doing the older school things or some of the budget doesn't go where you think it should go. And that's that that can be an issue, too. Again, that's where you have to come to grips on the time frame and who you're dealing with. And is it, is it can you survive? Can your soul survive something like that when you want to really do something? Can you wait long enough to take control? And even when you take control, will it be yours 100 percent anyway? I think that's what's really tough is, um, at least for me, especially was dealing with something internally and just agreeing something why I love, you know, being a being a being a part owner is because we get to have real conversations about changes that you get to make. And if you're in that situation of being a part owner, um, even if it's somebody you've always looked up to or a mentor, you know, you should really try to have those tough conversations and establish yourself of what you're trying to do. If that's the issue of trying to get through, you know, it's not always comfortable. Sometimes it's a family member or somebody you've been working with for five or 10 years. But, you know, if it's about your brand and if you think it's about your success and, and, about your business, then it's really important to have those tough conversations. And because other people, I would, like I said, those peers in corporate or something, I don't care about. That's like, don't even think about them. If it's somebody in front of you who can affect your business and how it runs, then I think you need to have the conversation. 
So the judgment from your peer does matter and only in terms of the fact that if it slows you down. I think it's all of it. Like when I think of it in the context of LinkedIn, I think we've all been trained improperly, but to view this thing as the most corporate of uh, resume entities and and yeah, there's a community that we've built here and that we're a part of. And there's, you know, 50 advisors that that are doing such a great job on social that this doesn't even make sense to them. But there's hundreds of thousands or thousands of others who we've talked to that are like, well, I've never, I don't know, I've never really stepped out of the bounds of this. It's always been something that I've just had as a presence on, but I don't do anything. Like there's just this barrier that you have to break through. And I think a lot of people struggled putting out their first piece of content on on this platform and and then Facebook and others. So I don't know. We got to keep going back to the 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 first piece of content you're going to put out. If you're not putting out content, it's going to be terrible. But get over it. Get over the fact that you get no likes, no shares. Uh no one opens your email. The second yeah. one they'll they'll look at. The third one they'll look at. Yeah. Yeah. It's really it's just getting over the fact that you think you need like permission to post something. And I like that our group can be a sounding board, but that's what I realized is that it's almost like people wanted to say, hey, is this good enough to post? My answer is always going to be yes, or maybe I would have adjusted this or something like that. But that's also my personality and how I would have done it had I done the video and I'm not and I'm not you. You know, if there's some technical things we can sharpen up, like, hey, you don't need to like if you can cut out the part of you like poking the camera, you know, maybe I would cut that off just just so it ends cleanly. That's some tips that I can always get. But usually it's content wise that people ask. They they understand the editing, the little editing issues. They understand at least the the simple fact of making a video, but they're worried about what am I saying? Is that okay? And you know, you're smart. If you're if you're bringing on clients and you're working with people, then you say things that matter and you say things that work. And those are the things that you should say online. You know what the funny thing is, 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 is an advisor could sit back and make this justification of, you know what, I'd probably do such a better job if I had a marketing team to help me. And you know what would happen? You could spend a quarter million bucks and bring in three marketers to help you. And you know what they're going to do? They're still going to want to use you for the content. So you're going to have to get over it anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Good point, Nick. Twin huge. That's the point I'm talking about of when you're, and I think Nick brought this up a well, three, three weeks ago, or so when you're on the show saying that if you're only talking to 20% projecting, you know, you only need such a small percentage of people to really change your life and change your, change your business. I mean, a, a client online is a really big deal. You know, you're not, you're not door knocking. It's not something you're actively running around to do. If you can figure out that unlock, it's a big deal and it's, it's, it's difficult. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's absolutely worth it. And I think that's the point is that at the end of the day, it's worth the time to to put enough content out to become you know the marketer that you need to be to start getting clients online it doesn't happen right away even if you join a join a group um you know there can be some tactics that may be working but in terms of building your brand it, it takes time it takes practice and consistency and you know what even if you don't bring in a client from online you're still branding your business you're still marketing you're still putting your face out into the world and 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 what you're about out into the world and you don't know where the next client's going to come from. Absolutely. I, I, um, so look, what I, oh, sorry. no, I just, I, I think everybody, this is a post that I'm going to share later because I have it written in my notes here, but everybody thinks marketing, they think about marketing, like they want it to catch fire. They want it to be whatever they put out. They want to create a spark or a wave. And I think people need to know and, and always remember and keep a post-it note on your monitor or whatever that like marketing is nutrition. 
the entire thing takes time. There's nothing you can buy at the grocery store today to get in shape if you're overweight. Zero. It's buying lots of things over time and being consistent with them to get in shape. And there, there's no perfect, there's no better analogy. Marketing is the exact same way. Sure. There's a chance. There's a lottery chance that something you put out there goes viral, but that's like, a, that's beyond the zero, 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 one percent. Like that's crazy for the amount of content being put out there. Nothing's viral anymore. Um, so marketing is nutrition. It takes time. It takes effort and it takes you caring about the community that you're building. And then when you build the community with through your personal brand, they'll help lever you up. They'll rise, they'll raise you up and they'll extend your brand for you. And I think this is just something that, you know, marketing is not a spark. There's no gasoline you can pour on this thing to, to catch fire. It, it, it is a nutrition game. Yep. And a brand is something that you build, but can't like hold, but you can feel. And it's something where think about it like your business. I mean, you remember what it was like growing your business. You know, you're flopping around the first year, the second year you get your footing and the third year you start doing really well. And I think that's kind of how it goes. Um, and maybe it doesn't take a couple of years, obviously, to start getting clients. But as you're growing your business, you say the right things to clients. You start acting right. You start sitting up straight. You have more confidence when you deliver. People feel more comfortable around you. And the same thing comes from your content. The same thing mm -hmm. comes from being online. So like I say, if you can sit in front of people and I forget who just said this, we were just talking to somebody who said this to us. If you can sit in front of people and um, have a conversation, then you can have content. Was that Penny that I saw said that? I can't remember. But either way, that's it's I believe in it 100 percent. It's a really good point to point out or maybe Sarah LeBlanc. But either way, it was, it was it's the idea that if you can sit in front of people and speak to people, then maybe you don't have to do a video, but you can get that content, that value provided out to somebody. Yep. Agreed. And Nick, thanks for the comments. Uh, Lynn, thanks for chiming in. I think Clay was on as well. Thank yep. you guys for, uh, for being a part of the community and, and sharing with us. And I hope you guys all have a, you know, healthy and, you know, as enjoyable Thanksgiving as you can, uh, given the environment we're in. Um, hopefully our background was fun for everybody. I think it probably uh, caught some people in the feed. The red is, uh, stands out there. So we had some fun with that this morning. Cool. Um, tomorrow we're going to be talking about where is home in terms of if you. If we're on tomorrow. Oh shit! Is tomorrow Thanksgiving? That's well, that's why we have a banner like this. There. Okay. <laughs> um, do you want to? Uh, can, uh, well, let me know if you can do a night show, and we'll do a night show. Uh, or, game or time decision. Play. Yeah, I mean whatever. Uh, okay. Well, well, I I'm I know I can do it as long as I tell my. You wife need sleep. Do you don't even know Thanksgiving's tomorrow. Go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> the banner. It's it's you're right. Um, well, either way, uh, whether it's tomorrow or not, I, the next one I want to do is a big thing I talk about with everybody's marketing to cur current relationships. So I definitely want to get that in. But two two big topics I want to talk about is where's home, and that's whether you should leave your broker dealer, and that gives a really big. Um, obviously that's a really big topic. I think that will hit home for a lot of people. And I think we touch on it on each show and you, you, you always kind of touch on it when you're talking about marketing and business, because where you sit determines what you do and, and then what you do determines how you feel. So I want to, I want to dig into that a little bit, whether it be tomorrow night, probably just keep it a little bit lighter. It's going to be Thanksgiving. Maybe we'll just jump on and have fun or something like that. But either way, um, something we're going to be talking about really soon is, is when, when to leave your broker dealer. And really, I can't say that I can just say through my experience of when, when I decided, and then, you know, then you can always make your own decision. So thanks again, guys, for yeah. sticking around. I really appreciate it. And, um,
Hopefully we'll see you tomorrow. And if we are lazy as hell for some reason, then we'll see you Friday. Cheers, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. We hope that you find value in this show. We hope that you find value in MCO Advisors. You finding success means everything to us. If you found value in this show, please leave us a rating. Thank you all. Talk soon.